All right, say it with me, everybody. Menstruation. Now you? Menstruation. Menstruation. All right, this is 20th Century Best Boys, a film podcast, an amateur film study podcast for the average Joe, the buffest buffs, and the cringest bingers. I am your host, JP, and I'm joined by my brother, professional Hollywood videographer. Corey with a story and here we're just we're just here to talk about growing up what it's like to be a boy in the 20th century with well, and a woman and a woman obviously yeah all these 20th century people just we're just learning how to be yeah yeah well century. we're 20 well we're in the 21st century now as yeah. as come on come on makes quite clear um these little kids make me feel old but uh but yeah real excited yes. to talk about these today yeah, uh-huh. these were ones that I uh, I just saw. I saw a bunch of like screen grabs of "Come On, Come On" specifically, uh, but I had heard of 20th Century Women a bunch, and just went in not really knowing what to do. These this is this is a good week. This is a great week in, in film for the best boys. Yeah, I'm glad because I've been I really wanted to show you uh, 20th Century Women for a while, and then finding out that this guy had a new movie, which was already I was already interested because I saw A24 and Joaquin Phoenix. Um, he's great, obviously a great actor and, uh, uh, yeah, super, super interested. But before we get into that, how, what's going on? How you doing, buddy? How you doing, I'm friend? I'm doing good. Doing good. Uh, just working on a bunch of random things. Uh, we started Perry Mason up. I was supposed to fly out actually today, but it got canceled or pushed, I should say. So I'm not going out there until next weekend now. Um, but yeah, so just juggling that and a couple other shows for BTS on. And uh, my writing partner and I just got a good idea for a script coming up of uh, just kind of like, how am I pitching it? Atlanta, but with janitors, I guess is how I'm pitching it. But uh, it's interesting and it's fun. It's fun just like writing something even if nothing happens with it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that actually reminds me of a idea that me and Joel had. Um but uh, I think one time we wanted to do like, like uh, amateur musician life, like b- band or whatever have you, rappers, what have you, um, and just like the the life on the road and you know do it's kind of it would be kind of like Atlanta but more like DIY oriented, smaller than that, um, or underground, um, and uh, that's 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 funny uh, that you mentioned that. It sounds like a good idea as well. Um, I, I don't know why I keep I think of like a Danny McBride like kind of show. Yeah, so like the like Evan, vice principals or, not, or yeah. Or like, so uh, so Kevin like I had this idea for just like the opening of a short film and I pitched it to Kevin and Kevin was like, wait a minute, this kind of goes that would go great for like the for opening like short or episode or whatever we do if we do a pilot for this thing that I was working on and I was like, oh sweet, so we like it like melds perfectly in together that mine's like the, my idea is the cold open that goes into it, but it's like elementary school janitors, but it's like shot in like the very serious gritty like Atlanta style that they shoot the show in, yeah. but it's like um, one of those like serious con- like it's serious stuff, but it's also ridiculous in a comic like and funny at the same time like that's smart definitely that i think that's the vibe uh, atlanta has like a weird like it's it's a comedy but it's like this weird almost twin peaks kind of yeah um vibe where it's m- mysterious and, and off um 
but uh but that's cool that's cool glad to hear that get the creative juices flowing um i am ra wrapping up the 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 leg of the D, D campaign i've been running since the pandemic started so oh, man. uh proud about that. so yeah we'll be taking a i'm gonna be taking a break soon which would be nice so we free up some some new things new things to do but all right let's get to it let us get to it so you don't i bet you you didn't know anything about mike mills right nope nope <laughs> i d didn't either until uh watching 20th century women i saw it about probably i saw it around the t uh, two and a half ish years ago and it was right around the time our our mom passed i think i saw it beforehand and i think after i watched it a ton like four or five times i think it was just like a comfort thing and um because it's just i knew it would make me cry and uh and it's not i don't even think that it was that sad of a movie but it just really hit a lot of spots for me as far as you know coming of age and um being in different points of your life and 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 whatnot but so i heard he had a new movie coming out like we said before and uh and i was really i've really been wanting to see it for a while i think we mentioned it on the podcast before and just the way that indie films get released it's really they tell you it's out and it's everywhere but it takes it's like either delayed or it's only in select places or it's only in places for a short time and it's always mm -hmm. different um and there's like very vague details for these movies online um maybe you know somebody in the know could tell me but uh but yeah so I was really excited to watch this. We actually watched this one together um, mm -hmm. at, to your place, which was really nice. We had a great time. And, best uh, boys first, I think. Best boys first, yeah. Watching them together. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, what did you think about Come On, Come On? Uh, it was really good. It was really good. And how good it was didn't set in until I like slept on it. And then the next morning, I just like kept thinking of it. I replayed some scenes, like some clips from YouTube, just to kind of like re get into the feel again of it. And it's just, it's so good. And like, I think I, I said to you as soon as it ended, I was like, this movie is very adorable, but I didn't mean it in like, like a kid's movie type of way. It's just so, such a real, honest, and wholesome story, but it has so much feel and emotion to it that it's just like, it made me feel good after watching it. Like, I felt so like, happy like i know that you guys like there this is a tearjerker of a movie for sure and it didn't get me in the tears but it just got me in just like the uh just the feel good so it's it's there's so much to like relate to on this there's so much to like unpack especially as like you and i get older um and like we're we don't have kids yet but we will probably soon enough it's just like dealing with the having your own life and your own routine and all that and then having to drop that all for for a kid and especially one that has like a very specific like day routine of how things have to be um it just felt it felt real it felt honest that is the best way to put it uh yeah i uh i liked it a lot so i was talking to Riss after uh i think it was yesterday and about it and i talk about art my favorite pieces of art um or things that are like this middle road between happy and sad. It's this melancholy, like there's hope and there's joy, um, but there's also you know sadness and uh, you know just realizing things about life. You know, like uh, as far as growing up and things that you lose as you grow up and and how short life really is. And you know, like there's we're all still children on the inside, and there's so much you know like that. Um, 
these are my favorite pieces of of art. They make me feel sad, but they make me feel happy. They make me feel good. Um, and it, it's beautiful. And it's not like the, I cry almost tears of joy, but it's also I'm sad about, you know, regret about the world. And this, the movies that make you feel, not movies, but art mm. that really makes you, that moves you, you know. And, and a lot of people, you know, being moved sometimes, um, you know, makes people cry. And I used to, like, never cry in my 20s. And then it just got to this point where I was really like, I felt like I was being more receptive to um, my experiences, whether personal or with art, whether movies, film, music, and mm-hmm. um, more. Um, and, and yeah, that's been a thing. Like I feel like when there's something that's really special to me that I really, really like, um, that it sometimes manifests that way. It doesn't always, and it's not a prerequisite to a deep, a deep movie or a moving movie or whatever. But uh, this is definitely a perfect example of that. Both of these films, honestly, but um, this one, both of these films for sure. I can think that we talked about the vibe of uh, this director, and only knowing these two films, there's definitely a. I don't. The style is different as far as how these two films are put together, but the vibe is very much the same. I would say. Oh, so much similarities between the two, from the score to the 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 reading out loud narration of like the different passages of books and writings and stuff they both have, um, and just like the how like like I, I texted you earlier about this, like it's just very easy to watch regardless of how intense something is on the screen it's just very like uh there's a way of the storytelling that nothing the bad things don't feel bad they don't feel like there's any true negative thing because and there's no music to associate that but it's very spacey and it's very just kind of like well this is life feeling throughout it and it's um it's it's very unique and i'm i'm very into the style uh extremely into it and i want to i'd love to see um beginner is what it said uh before the trailer of uh 20th century women uh i watched the trailer after the movie just because people said it was different um than what the movie was but uh i'm 100 percent into seeing whatever this guy has uh, outside of um yeah, apparently Christopher Plummer, uh, uh, he's a longtime actor. He received, he was, I don't know if he's nominated, I think he's just nominated for an Oscar for it. Um, and I guess that was the movie that put him on the scene um, as far as people wanting to work with him. Um, I think, jo- yeah, Joaquin Phoenix specifically chose to do this movie after Joker. I read um, in an interview for, re- and I think it was because of the big, the huge contrast that it is um, from the Joker. Still a small you know, drama, but, uh, um, so much, you know, uh, pretty much a 180 in a lot of ways, um, in terms of emotional depth, I really think. Um, and it's just the shows the range that he has, um, as an actor. Um, I think miles well, while I'm talking about it, the, um, Gabby Hoffman, uh, also is in this too. And I've seen her in a couple other things. I've seen her in some comedy stuff. I've seen her, in, I think in other a 24 movies. I can't remember which one. Um, and she's very good. Um, and I, mm-hmm. she was like, this is like a perfect role for her. And I really like the chemistry that, uh, that, that they had together. Um, and then obviously the kid, uh, Jesse played by Woody Norman, um, is really, mm-hmm. really good. Um, he's kind of, he, he is like the, um, the, you know, the fun of the movie. It kind of goes through him. And even when it's, uh, sad and there's some, the chaos and things like he is, um, you know, what the whole movie is really, uh, around, um, and, you know, uh, the managing of, 
you know, uh, of like babysitting this boy, essentially uh, raising, you know, taking care of this child for a few weeks um, and getting a taste of what it's like to be a parent. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, but yeah, what what do you uh, what do you think about? Come on, come on. The uh, the casting wise, I was at first a little off about the Joaquin Phoenix. I know his his, his voice when he's doing these. This one reminded me of uh, his voice in her a lot because it's very soft spoken and, and stuff like that. And at first, I didn't know if it was working for me. But the the, the dynamic relationship you have between the you know the soft spoken kind of reserved only does his job, and he um, it could, uh, you mix that with like this rambunctious kid who is just like a mile a minute all over the place and just like you gotta keep his attention. Um, or else you lose them, you know what I mean? And uh, it's, it ends up by the end of the movie being such a good dynamic and so fun. Um, the the Gabby Hoffman, I have I, I can't remember what I've seen her from, and I, I pulled up her uh, filmography where you're talking, and I, I some of this stuff seems familiar, but I can't put my uh, finger on it. But uh, I, overall, I think it's a perfect cast. Um, I saw her in Obvious Child with Jenny Slate. It was uh, like a rom-com mm, kind of thing. Gotcha. Um, I think I've seen her in TV, too. I don't know. Maybe it was Girls. um, Something like that. Uh, But, yeah, she's very good. Oh, Louie. That's what I've seen her in. Louie. All right. That makes sense. But, um, yeah, very good. Yeah, very strong. It's it's a a great mix. I feel like we've had a couple good weeks of, like, perfect cast choices. And that's the nice thing about these, like, more indie movies where there's not, like, we need to get the biggest name person on it. uh, Or or the, the mainstream, like, big movies. Um, where you can actually cast to ex- specific of what you want because there's not as much money on the line. Um, but it's cool. It's so cool. The uh, the cinematography on this, I, I will say, I went a little back and forth of. I, I like a little bit more contrast in my black and white. Like, I, that's why I liked a lot of the um, uh, Tragedy Macbeth. But uh, this this has such a muted black and white, but it's also very like muted in its... like kind of overall delivery everything is soft nothing is abrasive nothing is like harsh or hard at you yeah because, i think that's the tone yeah right. that's the yeah. tone of it it fits the tone much more it's muted yeah um, exactly um yeah i didn't have any issues with the way it looked i actually really liked the way it looked um and then i've i've seen yeah. movies in this lighter like muted grayscale before versus yeah like you're you brought up tragedy macbeth um mm. That use a, it's a darker movie overall. A lot of the film of this film is during the day, um, mm-hmm. or at least like or lit rooms. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a great feel. Yes, yeah. Um, it's a lot of it's a lot of fun, um, but it's also you know there's a lot of emotion and so I really enjoyed the beginning um, with getting to know the kids and it's, they go back to this in the middle. So uh, what Joaquin Phoenix's character does is that he. Um, it's for like an NPR kind of show is what I was getting at real, uh, getting, and he interviews children and, and asks them about, you know, questions about the future or, or like deep questions, essentially. Uh, um, not necessarily adult, like they're not like offensive questions or anything. They're just, you know, big questions and hearing their answers and realizing some of them are kind of just babbling a little bit but a lot of them uh, especially the further and further we go into the film are really like some insightful and uh, uh really interesting takes um you know um and, and i those stuck with me a lot through the film and then you kind of focus all that through this one boy and and they hold off what his uh, answers to the questions are 
Um, you know, that's the kind of like what we're waiting for to the end of the movie. But, um, but he, but it's like all through him and like the, their relationship and it's kind of, uh, represents these, these ideas, these big ideas and, and feelings that these children have, but in, you know, the, the day to day, um, everyday life and going through, through the world. Mm hmm. Yeah, the perspective on it, I, at first I didn't get the, um, like, what it was at first, but then it was like, uh, you should, every, every time it goes to Joaquin Phoenix throughout the film, after he's got Jesse, uh, when it goes to them working stuff, he's a little less, like, um, I guess stiff with it, where it's just like, it's like of a job, and he seems more, like, relating, more relaxed and open with the kids by the end of the movie, like, when they get down to Louisiana and stuff, um, so it's like uh, I I love that as a use of uh, showing where Joaquin's character is subtly uh, in his like role in all of this, like his position with with Jesse and and his sister and stuff. Um, the the most impactful thing though, I which I you brought to the attention when we watched it was uh, the scene where he's like, I it's toward the end of the movie. And he's like, I I'll remember this, but you probably won't. Um, Man, it just, yeah, that's like, the thing that stuck with me the most of the whole thing. It's um, so it's such a powerful line. There, the 20th century women has a line like that too that sticks with me, and uh, I'll bring it up when we talk about that. Um, but that that's with like these big ideas that these movies like they're small stories, but they they um, they evoke strong, big feelings and big ideas and thoughts about life and the world and our place in it and growing up and being a boy and being an adult and, you know, going through these phases, getting married, et cetera, or not, and making those choices. Um, Cause that's a theme with both is there is, you know, a typical arrangements, living arrangements and situations. Um, and I, that's why I love the, this guy's stuff. Um, I was obsessed with 20th century women um, and um, this is also fantastic. Like I would love to watch it again. Um, so one thing I wanted to talk about, and this is the one interesting thing, and I, I feel like is what makes this, I won't say make this movie unique, but um, it's different from 20th Century Women, which is the side story with the, um, the dad, you know, struggling with mental health issues. And we were like seeing it throughout the film, and you know he's having problems checking himself into the you know the psych ward, and in mm -hmm. uh, you know, his hesitations, and that's what the his mom Jesse's mom had to go away to do, and why Joaquin Phoenix has been staying you know uh, watching him for a couple of weeks, um, and uh, yeah, what did you think about all that? Um, I. I thought it was good. I thought it was smart. I, I like it's like uh, it's a it's a way to 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 build the connection between Jesse and Johnny uh, without making it seem like the child's being like abandoned because there's bigger things going on that like have to be taken care of. And it's like I think Gabby Hoffman's uh, character is just like it do like in the right like doing what she has to do and uh, uh, and then. You know, it, it sets up the whole greater scene so that they can reconnect uh, their sibling relationship as well. Um, and it's just interesting because you see so much of of him in the kid, too, in the way that how the kid has his quirks and things. Um, so it's just like wild seeing like what the like two different aspects, like the completely innocent of it and then the adult kind of like very 
in the gutter, so to speak, versions of just like these two people from the same. I don't know. It's hard to explain. Yeah, I'm not sure what you mean in the gutter. What I'm saying, but it's uh, it's 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 just it's just done very well. Um, well, because you have like the dad is struggling with the mental things, and then the son is clearly has some form of uh social uh attention things and so it's just like the you're using your framing of that is just like this is what the worst of it can be but then you have like this kid who's had something i wouldn't say not the same thing but similar along the lines that is just like pure innocence of it at the same time um and it's just like uh it's interesting when the kid starts talking about the questions and stuff about like the dad and all that and um just the I don't. It's hard to explain the juxtaposition of the two, but it's just it's something that is like a connection that I see that I really enjoy. Um, I'm just having a hard time putting it into words, I guess. I, I mean, he's just an eccentric kid. I don't necessarily think the movie. And Rissell thought some things about the boy as well. I don't. I don't necessarily think the movie was trying to say anything definitive about you know Jesse. He's just you know, he's grown up in a in a atypical environment, and he has some some things that he does, but it's nothing like you know, debilitating or preventing him from having a normal life. He does mention that he doesn't have a lot of friends and he mostly is around adults. Um, and, uh, but yeah, he has some, some issues socially with, with his peers. Um, that's for sure. And, um, and it is interesting to see, you know, like you wonder, like it does, the movie does put that out there. Like, mm-hmm. you know, is it because of, you know, is it inherited by his dad or is it like, you know, because of the way they've interacted or just like his dad not being there mm-hmm. or, or whatever? Like, it's not defined. And, it, and you're meant to think about, I think, some of those things and what they might do or what it might mean or whatever. Um, I don't think that that, part, that whole section is like a vital to this film. Um, I don't hate I didn't dislike it or anything. And I think it's good. I don't think it takes away from the movie at all. And it makes a really good reason for the mom to be away and what her to be dealing with in a unique but real you know situation mm-hmm. um but uh but it, it ends up being you know a vehicle for this for these two to you know uh, and, and a lot of joaquin phoenix's thing is i said this before is you're realizing just how difficult it is to uh raise a kid take care of a kid in the very beginning he's like really fun uncle and silly and whatever and then as it goes on he's you know it's wearing him down and he realizes it's not all fun and games and you know there's a lot of you know you have bargaining and and um reasoning you have to do with them and and keeping them their the habits in check and whatnot um i thought that was all really interesting um, it just felt real. It all felt real. As much as like this guy's job is not an, an everybody's typical job, since he's like all over the country. That we didn't mention that, but um, the locations uh, are there's in Detroit, in New York, in uh, L.A., and in New Orleans. Um, those are the four places of the movie, and uh, and it's cool. It does provide a variance because I will say with the grayscale. There, I had a hard time of telling some of the the apartments and the houses that they were staying in apart. They kind of looked mm. the same um, mm. when you can't see the colors. Um, but that, but I think yeah, that yeah. was kind of meant to be that a little bit. Like it didn't really matter. Um, it was just about like that their interactions, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. That's because um, I even said at one point like I couldn't tell if we were in Louisiana or if we were still in New York. Um, 
but the, the outside yeah, I was would... how you could tell. It was the inside yeah, didn't matter. Yeah. It was the outside. Every time you went outside, it was like, oh, they're here. Oh, they're here. Yeah, yeah. I wonder. And it's it's probably just the um, also adding to just because he travels so much for work, where it's just like every hotel is the same. So and and wherever and this kid is just going with him. So every every hotel is a home. Every hotel is the same. Like at the end. Um. But I like that. I like that. There's so much of this that just focuses on just them two talking in a room, um, but is done so well and, and not boring. Um, I saw makes- that. Sorry, I just it made me think about. I saw that Mark Kermode from the BBC. I watched his review of this this morning, and he mentioned that it's like almost mumblecore. I don't know if you're familiar with that indie genre. I think we may have talked about it before, but you might not actually have experienced you probably experienced it you know off the side um but uh but uh have you ever seen like safety not guaranteed yeah okay that is supposed to be mumblecore adjacent um anything with the duplass involving the duplass brothers is usually Mm -hmm. in that uh um in that vein Uh, joe swineberg is supposed to be a big one i have a list i want to like get into mumblecore a little bit because i've liked some of the adjacent a24 things i've watched but this is definitely in that vibe like a movie that the plot is very loose this movie actually has much more of a plot i would say than 20th century women um in terms mm. of like a conventional narrative but uh yeah. the plot is loose and the, the main movie is about the main like vibe of the movie is these co- is conversations between characters realistic moments and conversations between characters um and uh and yeah, just living through these different moments and this kind of collage of moments adding up to something or the characters like realizing something about themselves or the world or whatever. This is definitely one of those. Both of these movies kind of are. But this, mm-hmm. I think, is much more... I wanted to bring this up because uh, so much of these... The, like we said, the vibe of these two movies is so similar. But the way they look and feel is a lot different. Um, this mm-hmm. movie feels a lot more real. Um, like the way it's shot and with the, all the real kids in the interviews, um, made it feel like, you know, it was almost a, not a mockumentary, but like a pseudo, like kind of like kids, kids is in that vibe. Like it's realistic, but it's a fictional story. Um, Mm. it's kind of in that. And I like that a lot. Um, and I liked 20th century women too, but I think there's something, um, it's, you're obviously watching a movie, whereas this. Um, you kind of suspend that and just live in this moment, this real ass mm-hmm. moment between these two people. Um, um, that also yeah. helps when the, you take out a lot, like a lot of the side characters, to just focus in, focus in on this family, because um, there's only three people you really have to pay. Yeah, attention the character. There's really, I mean, there's uh, uh, peripheral people that we know their names or whatever, but it's really just three characters, and plus the dad. Yeah. Probably the dad probably makes a fourth, but he doesn't talk. And the mom. Um, their mom. Well, that's why I was talking about the mom. The mom, the kid, and, and Joaquin would be the three. Well, uh, no, the mom of Joaquin and Gabby Hoffman. Oh, oh, who's, sorry. Who's yeah. cancer and is dying? Yeah. Um, like those, the the her and the dad are probably on the same level. The the dad with mental illness. Um, I feel like there's not like a whole lot to talk about because you're really just like kind of stewing in this, you know, and like the the movie does change and evolve but it's really just going deeper down into this world and whole and these experiences um so it kind of there's not like a whole ton to talk about i can see people 
that are like, oh, got really into Joaquin Phoenix after Joker, and they're like, I want to see what he does next. And then they watch this and then hate it. Um, yeah. I can absolutely I just, see yeah. that happening. Um, I mean, like, how do you, how do you, how, where do you go after Joker? How do you do anything better? You know, I mean, stop it. Ah, ah, ah. Like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> wrong Joker. Uh, I know. That's all jokers from here on out, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I did, uh, while I'm thinking about it, um, the music was done by uh, Aaron and Bryce Desner, um, uh, known for the rock band The National. Um, I'm familiar with The National. I listen to them a little bit, but not like a super lot. I think Riss listens to them a little more than me. Um, and I know people like them. Um, and I did like the score a lot. It's interesting that the score of both these movies is similar and it's done by different people. Yeah, I wonder if that's just the direct what the director likes, like style wise, like giving something spacey. Yeah, it has to be. It has to be. And uh, I like, I like, I like it more in this than in 20th Century Women because like this. I, I mean, I do like that 20th Century Women explicitly does not use a fuckload of music. Like it does use music from the time, but it's used in like ways that make perfect sense and aren't yeah, just like a the gimmick. Plot. They're not just a gimmick. To be like, hey, reminder, we're in the seventh with 1979. Um, here's times they are changing for the twelfth time today. Yeah, here's times they are changing, Zach. Um, <laughs> no, that, that, honestly, uh, never mind. I'm not going on a Zach tangent. Anyways, oh, he uses the same songs over and over again. Yes, I know. That's what you're barking in me. Um, but yeah, this was an excellent film and, uh, I think people should give it a shot. I think people should give it a chance. And, uh, I think you're going to, you're going to feel things, uh, whether you walk away with it feeling happy and hopeful for the future, your your own personal future or the, the world. I don't necessarily think I felt good about the world hearing all these kids talk about it. And like some of them yeah. were like, they were like, yeah, it's going to be all right, but it might be worse. But it'll be okay. Like we'll still be all here, but it might be a little worse. Was essentially what I kind of it all kind of distilled into. Um, I did want to mention that one of the kids interviewed, um, and all the interviews, like I said, were real. They were uh, organic. They were not. They're not scripted. Um, I believe his name was Devonte. I don't. I lost the last. Oh name. yeah. It says He's it at the, the end. Um, and he apparently he died after the movie was filmed. Um, he was in a, he was shot and killed. Um, like, I don't know. It was by like, uh, accidentally in a shooting and, uh, yeah. it's super sad. And it kind of adds another layer of realism to the film. I think uh, you, for, I th we forgot to mention that the, all the children interviewed, I think were, um, first generation immigrants uh, or yeah. their parents their parents are first generation immigrants so the children of them yeah. um and uh and it's like that's another layer and i think we talked about it after like there's not a whole lot of i didn't think there was a whole lot of connection uh beyond that but i'm sure somebody could point something out to me but it didn't really matter like it it, it made yeah. sense for an npr story that they do something like that like that was enough for me. It just added a whole another layer. Like not only these are kids, but these are, you know, the children of people that aren't that that moved here, and so they're gonna have unique perspectives. They're gonna have fresh, more fresh eyes versus mm -hmm. the people that have lived. We've lived here for generations. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah. Um, is there anything else you wanted to mention about? Uh, come on, come on. Mm, 
No, we hit on the cinematography and everything. Yeah, everything it's just great. It's it's a uh, switch it up. Get your give yourself a tearjerker. It's a uh, it's a good movie. Oh, it's... we I did want to mention the runtime is 108 minutes and boy is it an easy 108 minutes. Yeah, um, it's very especially once you get to the second act, like it flows so I yeah, well. I still don't understand what you mean about the first act. Me and Riz talked about I... it so much and just like we are at a loss with what you mean because the pace and feel is not really that much different in other parts just, of the it, movie. Like, it's well, like you just... That, it, it felt like you d- weren't ready for what it was going to be, and then you settled into it, and then it was all right. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I don't yeah, know. I don't, you probably it, won't it, know it, until you watch it, or either of us watch it again. Sorry. Yeah, respond. yeah. I was going to say, I was just a little... I just thought it was a little slow in the beginning, just in the very beginning, like, first 20 minutes. But but how? So. But but um, you need to explain how, because the, the movie's pace is pretty consistent throughout. Just in where we were, I guess, where we were going with as a film and like just the setting up of what the overall thing was. And Kylie had the same thing. She also thought it was a little slow in the beginning. Um, she didn't say that then, but. but uh, no, but... she said we were talking about this morning because um, she was asked me what I was going to say on the podcast. But uh, the. Uh, yeah, that was it. I mean, it just I, I'd have to rewatch it to go. But I just remember the initial feelings of it just kind of being like, all right, well, this is all right. This is cool. And then it's just it was one of those movies where as it yeah. goes on enjoy it more and more i was super the the beginning is a lot with the interviews and i was super interested in his job like i didn't know where it was going to go and i just wanted to know more about it and like that alone was interesting to me so i wanted to see more and then they introduced jesse and and uh viv the uh, sister and like they they this movie was really really good about slowly revealing information um and that it wouldn't be as good if you knew everything at the start. Um, yeah, like it it walks you into the world. You know, it, there's a line something like you you'll you never get to know everybody. You you know no it's uh the mom says to Jesse and Jesse repeats it to Joaquin Phoenix. My mom says you know like we love each other but she'll never really know me and I'll never really know her. Um, and you know it, this movie very much feels like a real life. Like you're getting to know this person, these people, mm-hmm. and you only when you first meet somebody, you just know them at face value, and then as the longer you live with them and you stay with them, you slowly learn more and more things, um, mm-hmm. you know, as they reveal themselves. And this movie is very real in that. Um, it doesn't, you know, you're just open with Joaquin Phoenix doing his job, and then we find out about um, Viv and Jesse, and that's kind of how he then he's heading there. Um, mm. I don't know. I don't. I don't understand. But I mean, it's fine. I don't. It's not a big deal. Because um, yeah, I, I mean, it's not enough to of a thing to like detract from this movie being great. Um, no, it's just. Just, uh, just yeah, I thought it was strange because like this, like it's paced so consistently. And I think I, it's because I the interviews I think are I, so I, interesting in the beginning. I just don't understand. But I, I guess let I, wasn't, it go. I can has, let it go. I guess I wasn't as interested in the interviews because I didn't know what it was setting up at first. Uh, but does like, it? Ha- yeah. But it's interesting at face value. Like if it was just an NPR thing you heard on the radio about these kids and what they're saying, like I could have listened to that as it was. I don't know. I guess I was just ready to like get into the. I don't know because it's like once because once you get to the second set of interviews and stuff, it's fine. Like everything's fine because this is like you have the feel for the movie and everything. So it's just, I guess just like navigating of figuring out what this movie's going to be while you're watching it. Um, because like I said, by the end of it, like it all, like it all works. It's all good. That was just my only like post to watch initial critique. Um, yeah. 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 
I guess you just run into the kid interviews. I I don't know. I'm still like having a hard time understanding exactly what you're meaning, other than like you just didn't, you weren't into it until you got into it. Yeah, essentially, I guess. Um, But like, is it a matter of of? Because like, that's what like that's what I'm hanging on is like it's the same. It does the movie does not change, so it's really just about you slowly learning. Like once you've learned enough information, it was enough. It was sa- you were satisfied to to, yes, to just but, chill in it. But you were like, but hurry up a, and give me my information. I guess, yeah, because it was like because it still Impatient. as soon as it was over, it was like I the only negative part I remembered was just like being a little like wanting this to pick up a little in the beginning. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's cool. It's it's also just kind of like a feeling, you know. It's just kind of it's one of those things. It's like you may not be able to identify after one watch of just why you felt a certain way, but it's just that's your initial reaction coming out of it, and then it's just going back and figuring out why. Yeah. Um, Expectations is another thing, um, but I mean, like you talked about it beforehand, like you fig- you knew it was going to be, you know, a slow indie thing. I mean, I just knew it was A24, so I have that. And we, like, I, we definitely talked about it beforehand, and I said, you know, this is going to be a slow indie thing, and you're like, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm going to get, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm and just going to turn my brain off and whatever. Um, but, yeah, okay. All right. All right. Um, but, all right. Are you, what are you scoring it? I'm worried. Uh, no, I was going to say, after uh, after initially coming off uh, out of it with a four, uh, like I said, the next day, like rewatching some of the scenes and stuff, I liked it a lot more. I, I'm gonna give it like four and a half. I'm giving it a four uh, and a half as well. Um, I'm giving it a four and a half as well. It is excellent. Um, both of these films are excellent to me, but uh, but yeah, this is very good, and uh, you should check it out. Because I was what, gonna uh, say, the last five was the Power of the Dog, and uh, that's what I was like thinking of myself comparing this to, and I, I felt like I was more emotionally invested in Power of the Dog. Than I was in this, and that's like the main di- difference of why, like. Oh, when I also uh, like Minari. I think about the other. Minari's Indian, a five. For me as well. I think I gave it a four and a half, but it's it's on the similar kind of level. Like I think mm-hmm. these are better than Nomadland, but they're not as good as. Um, like Power of the Dog has just got a lot of oomph to it. It's because mm-hmm. it's it's crazy. That movie's crazy. Yeah. Um, but this, oh, this is hard to compare when it's uh, a chillless, like chill vibe. Yeah, oh, I wanted. Right. Okay, I remember something I wanted to compare. Belfast. This movie. Yes, I had that too. Okay, so this movie is a much better. It's not like Belfast is different. It has the history and the and the the violence, the Irish violence and stuff. Um, but this movie is so much better. Uh, like the, it seems like Belfast is like trying. To, to make a movie kind of like this and ends up doing like feeling a little more hollow whereas this has so much more soul to it to me i i wonder if the reason that is is because belfast is from the child's perspective for the movie and so it tries to feel have those moments to feel a little more jojo rabbity and stuff where this is from joaquin's perspective but yeah no i know what you're like saying in, oh, specifically I know, in the, yeah i know i know what you're um, saying because and like that is that the reason why some things are a little like silly or theatrical yeah thing? like yeah, um, they don't work the same. But whereas this is Joaquin's perspective for the movie, so it's a lot more, especially for us in in our like being men and around like a little younger, but in that age range ish, being uh, a lot more relatable. And then it's just a lot more like 
because those are things that you and I are going to go through someday. And so it's just like very, the connection Maybe. is very strong. Um, like, poten- but you know, potentially. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 uh, I, I mean, that might be part of it. Is it the, that's a period piece thing and this is modern and, and ease more easily to easy, uh, easily relatable, but yeah, I just think it's is uh, it hits this uh, hits the vibe better and has a much more it's more emotionally impactful even though it's smaller mm-hmm. and and uh, and more nuanced. I think it just has more soul and its style is so much more consistent. Um, yeah, where that's my was my big issue with Belfast is inconsistent style. Uh, yeah, but this feels right. like it knew what it wanted to be going into it versus Belfast just kind of had a lot of ideas for like thing because it probably Kenneth Branagh is based on his childhood just like oh these are these specific things I want to incorporate but they might not all like beat the same just for the sake of of telling a fun story or or telling part of a story from your youth Mm -hmm. all right I think we're ready to move on here to on this Mike Mills double feature uh the 20th century women now um like I said this movie I fucking was obsessed with um, you gotta think. I, I'm trying to um, think about the things that may have um, created a bias or or a reason why I clung on to it. I mentioned that our mother passed away around the time I was watching this, um, and cancer was involved, and that cancer is a thing in the movie. Um, but also, I was living in, in the city, or I you know just moved out of the city. Um, and it was very much involved in a lot of art stuff and, and the scene and bands and punk-ish things. And um, I was listening to a lot, going back and listening to a lot of music from the 90s and the 80s and the 70s and, and stuff and trying to come up, you know, um, broaden my creative horizons. And art is a big theme in this movie also. Um, a lot of the way I feel about art is articulated so well in this movie. Um, so I think it just in like uh, feminism. There was, we were in the. I was just you know I don't know if we're, the wave is over, but we were in the the tail end of a feminist movement. You know, wave. Um, I think it's third wave feminism or something, and uh, and th- that's a big part of it. And just learning a lot about as much as it's the titles 20th century women and feminism is a big part of it. Um, it's not like it's a women oriented movie the movie is about this boy who's growing up in this strange uh, boarding house situation. Um, and there's a collection of people in it, uh, in his life that are different from different decades. You know, they are different age, completely different ages. Um, you know, young to old. Um, and they all have a, like a relationship with each other. There's like this weird loose family. Um, and, uh, and they're all, they're all very different and they like, you think that they don't have very anything in common and it's kind of mentioned and they find these common grounds and they give each other ideas, a chance. And it's just really nice. Um, and, uh, I really like that this cast is fan fucking tastic. Um, this is probably one of my favorite casts. This is movie put me on to Elle Fanning being a G uh, this movie put me on to Annette Benning being a super G uh, as far as an actor. Greta Gerwig also is fantastic. This is the first movie I ever saw her in. Uh, I saw Frances Ha after, it's fan- which is great. Um, super big fan of her. Billy Crudup, Dr. Manhattan, the motherfucking self. 
is a smooth pimp as well. Um, probably shouldn't use that word um, in this film, but he is, you know, a really cool guy. Uh, kind of like this dorky, aging hippie, um, and he's kind of like losing his place in the world um, as it's changing. And uh, it's just this really interesting dynamic with these different characters, but all they kind of all fit together. Um, so that's my big introduction. What did you think about 20th Century Women? This movie is very unique, in to me at least, in the storytelling and the cast and everything. And it's like, because uh, watching this after Come On, Come On, like immediately picking up on all of the like the directorial style like similarities and stuff. But this was like, uh, it's one of those ones because you told me it was Slice of Life going in, and Slice of Life, you know, it can be shot a bunch of different ways. But this one, the way it's that definitely it kinda, a lot different. Yeah, the way it kind of hops around, or that you have those like um, those narration moments, just talking about just like it's, where it's people were. Yeah, yeah. It uh, and the way it just it cuts back and forth around these, or how it can frame scenes and bookend them between those kind of like narration points, or the bits of like reading the uh, the literature or books and stuff. Yeah, allowed. there's like a multimedia yeah. approach. Um, yeah, with some you see stills, you see clips yeah, news, yeah, yeah you see news clips you see you know like the the polaroids that abby takes because um, she's mm. a photographer um like there's a lot of different things uh i play like style like little style things i keep thinking about when they're driving in cars and it's all blurry and like colorful mm. um like like it's not slowed down it's like sped up kind of time lapsey looking thing yeah yeah but it has like the trails like a time lapse still has uh um, long exposure i did yeah go ahead sorry i was gonna say the um yeah just aesthetically this has such a nice look and even though a lot of the interiors like obviously are sets by the way that they're lit and the way the camera moves through the walls and stuff it's done in such a like a nice fun like i don't want to say dollhouse kind of style but it it does have moments of that in this film because it's a big boarding house yeah and when it's like being Um, renovated so there's like scaffolding and there's the walls missing and and stuff like that um, yeah, and I, I didn't think about that. And that is really interesting. And it's like one of those things where it's like, I definitely think this is a movie I will absolutely adore upon the second watching. I still really liked it. I'm not saying I didn't like it yeah, of at course. all, but this is one of the ones where now I know what I'm in for. And now I know what I'm pay- supposed to pay attention to. Um, I don't have to keep up with any of the things that's happening, but uh, the, it's really cool. And then the whole just unique thing of, I didn't really realize that it was just three women from different, or, or four counting Billy Crud up, um, but all these people from or well, even the boy, it's 17. all five of them. All five yeah, of them, yeah. You've got different points 15, of 15, 17, 24, 55, and then Billy Crudup, I'm assuming, is in his late 40s. I think he's in his 40s um, somewhere, in, in yeah. His 40s. And it's and they're all all of these different just like plot points of how they lived or how to live are all getting ingrained, attempted to be ingrained into this boy who just wants to be himself and. And like pave his own way and it's just it's so interesting and at first it was like i feel like the, it, it almost had like the mom is just like she doesn't know what to do with her kids so she's pawning them off with the two other people but then it's like by the she when they have help. that final conversation yeah when they have that final conversation in the little field cornfield looking thing at the end and they just like the, everybody just said what they should have said at the beginning of the movie um and then every, it just you know it it's it, all you gotta do is talk it out and it fixes things oh and uh, um, even and everybody's learning because even annette benning yeah um she yeah. i remember i think of the scene where she's sitting in the car 
with Elle Fanning and she's they're smoking cigarette and um, Elle Fanning is throwing all this psycho babble at her because her mom is a psychiatrist so she's like in she's like trickle down learned a lot of it yeah. and uh, so she's like you know talking about you know the men you see are inappropriate and blah 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 and it really had Annette Benning reflecting on herself and then um, she goes to the punk club and goes to the punk show and she has this like awakening of self and she like comes back and she's so happy and and whatever mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah like people are like really confronting what makes them unhappy what you know is this what they want to do with the rest of their lives um, what is it that they want to do with the rest of their lives um, uh, it, coming to terms with who you are as yeah well. who like you are as a person uh, and that just... Benning's whole thing is like getting pissed off anytime anyone tries to like tell her how she is. Um, yeah. Like define her in ways like, yes. she immediately gets defensive and reprehensive or apprehensive. There's some really good lines in this film. I th- uh, the net, the one in that Benning one that sticks out to me is um, wondering if you're happy is just a, like a shortcut to being depressed. Um, yeah. Uh, like, like that was like a mentality of back, you know, the, like a depression era generation of, um, we don't have time to be depressed and you know, we're don't question just, you know, live, you do what you're supposed to do and live your life, but you know, don't think about it too hard. Um, mm-hmm. and then, uh, I think about Billy Crudup's character, you know, he's kind of the post free love. Um, and I think he's seeing the, what happens with, you know, making a lot of these sexual connections and there not being anything behind it. And these women just use him because he's good looking. Um, but they're not really interested in him. And Abby even does it. Abby even has sex with him and you kind of uses him and he's into it. But then I think afterwards, and especially after he talks to um, Annette Benning's character, that he realizes that, um, you know, that the, he, he wants to settle down with somebody. He wants to be in love um, or something. Uh, and he, I think he tells a story about like he's still hung up on a woman from his past, um, from the commune days. Um, and a, a one thing that's really cool about this as well is these different people with different perspectives, um, but also different, coming from with ideas from the times that they thrived in. So Ned Benning, he's the, how many times they say she's from the Depression. She grew up in the Depression. Mm-hmm. And Billy Crudup is obviously from the 60s, and he's got the hippie mindset. And anytime he gives his two cents, it's always something about, you know, uh, the Earth Mother or meditation or um, they were – I think they pull out some uh, – Abby gives uh, the boy um, a book, Jamie – uh, a feminine a book about feminism and Billy Crudup William is like, Oh yeah, I love this one. And he immediately flips to the thing about ch- uh, home births. And it's like, <laughs> not why it, that's like not the main reason why, you know, um, Jamie should read this. And he's just like talking about how home births are so great. And then L Fanning's like, well, well the, the new psychiatry of today says that that's not good. And obviously she, what she's saying is not true. Um, if you think about where psychiatry and psychology is at in the seventies, um, it's advancing a whole lot, but it's also like, there's so many new theories and ideas that there are stuff Mm -hmm. that did not stay, you know, cause it wasn't true. Um, just like today, you think about all these wild theories people try to throw. Um, but it's probably even worse than when you don't have, uh, the internet and and whatnot. Uh, The decades of of testing and trials and things to go off of. Yes. And, but a lot of what she's saying is, you know, also there are, those are real things. 
and Abby is just super cool and super hip and you know super in touch but she's got you know uh, her, the thing with her character is she has cervical cancer or she might have cervical cancer um i think she did and it ends up being fine in the end but you know that's hanging over a character i might not be able to have children um that might you know hurt me with a potential partner um whatever and uh it's just these these different things that people are going through um, I'm going to pass it back to you because I've been talking for a little while and because uh, I love this fucking movie and I've seen it so many times. So like I, I realized that this time, I think it didn't uh, re- like have this huge emotional impact with me because I knew everything like by heart um, mm-hmm. versus the other times. But I wanted to bring up uh, the relationship between Jamie and Al Fanning's character, Julie, um, with like the licorice pizza, young. I had that. Oh, I have that written down on okay, my notes too. I, what did you think about that? I was gonna say I. It reminds me so much of it, and I like this relationship better because yes, it's, it's real. much more real feeling. Yes, a hundred percent. And like the other one could have been, but it's just the whole ten year age gap, like just sits in your head the entire time. That throw it makes it feel weird at the same time. This is just feels exactly the way it's supposed to. It's like, much more realistic. Two, yeah like they're two years apart but in that two years like i think in the beginning he's 14 but he ends up being 15 by the end but yeah Yeah. that 17 versus a 14 year old in the beginning is it's a massive that's it's me versus you i mean yeah Yeah. um and like and when you're a kid and when you're a teen like three years is such a huge difference yeah Um, like that's so much development experiences and mental things and so Mm -hmm. i and i just know from my own personal experience and i'm sure there's other people but i've you know been the younger person pining after an older girl and you know i wanted to be with them but they you know it was never going to happen but they they wanted to be friends and they really liked me and um and I think that's like what I liked, like licorice pizza. Like that's what I was interested in about it. Um, and that movie is obviously super over the top, so it's not gonna feel as real. But like, the, I think this was so much more believable. And they don't end up together in the end. They don't, you know. But it's got, it's this feels so fucking real. Like chasing mm-hmm. that. Um, but and obviously you have a bond with each other that's deep, and she feels that way too. But it's not, you know, a sexual thing. Um, Mm -hmm. and he's going through puberty and so they're so fucking confusing, um, to deal with those situations. Um, and I think it really articulated it well, um, really, really well. And I, I like that part of it. Um, I like that part of it a lot. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to maybe think about, so you, Annette Benning, the mom at some point is like, yeah, you, I need help raising him. You two need to give him some more feminine perspectives, more modern feminine perspectives. But the things that Julie and Abby tell him are completely different things. Sometimes they are contradictory. Um, some of the yeah. advice from Julie is just bad about, um, you know, I mean, she's attracted to people dumb pieces of shit and he doesn't understand that and i remember that being a thing when i was a teen boy like why are all the girls attracted to dumb dumb head dumb bad boys and she kind of explains that a little bit but and then she gives him advice well if you want to get the girls like me then you need to act like that too and it's kind of you know you're he i think he's realizing you know i'm not like that I'm not yeah. one of those people. And Abby, I think, is more... Because she's older, more mature. And she's like, no, you don't need to do any of that. And she points out that there's some toxic elements of Julie and Jamie's relationship. And, you know, mm-hmm. you 
should still be friends and you and whatnot, but you need to set boundaries and uh, just uh, so all these things are, are super relevant today in like the 70s, the 70, 1979 period um, is I don't think it's really vital, but then it is at the same time. Like you could tell the story in 1999. Um, mm. It would have different bells and whistles for the time, but this is such a timeless. All, a lot of these elements are just timeless. Yeah, the it, it's you can relate so much to Jamie's character with this too. I I didn't have the like older woman situation pining thing growing up, but the uh, but so much of the other stuff about it. Like I, I was gonna say what you're talking about the contradictions between uh, Abby and Julie, because um, you have like in my opinion, Abby is like it's it's telling you the proper things to a point. Obviously, when she's like telling them how to hit on girls properly to like get them to kiss them and stuff like that's a little more fun and silly but the uh but when she's uh, the one that stuck out to me was then she comes in drunk when uh, julie and him are sleeping he's just like and he says she says it right in front of julie too which is funny um it's just like you need to tell her that she cannot stay here if they're not uh, having sex they're not having sex because it's disempowering and i was like oh my god that's so funny like because that's, I feel like what uh, the it's it's funny hearing a woman telling a man to be more empowering, like in that kind of situation, oh, and, uh, coming from like the the more feminist like rope thing, I guess, and well, uh, uh, which I think is intentional. Like that's, and I think that's there's more to sexual education and understanding like the whole picture, you know. Like fem, uh, feminism is not. It is feminism. It is you know women's rights and 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 the ways that we should be, uh, the, the ways that women are not treated fairly in society. But also it's you know sexual education and and learning about dating dynamics and you know it, it it's not feminism isn't about women taking advantage and shitting on men. It's about people being treated fairly and it goes yeah. both. And at the end of the day, that has to it goes both ways and. Uh, like that's I really like that scene because it's mm-hmm. it it illustrates it for people that aren't in the know that you know if they're on the outside and they think it's all about being triggered and and whatnot and it's like no it's just about people wanting to be treated fairly and they want you to be treated fairly too like they don't think women should assault men <laughs> or they don't think women should should oppress men that's not what it's about at all it's just like you know in that struggle you have to fight and in fighting becomes you know just negativity or conflict um mm-hmm. or whatnot um yeah love is a battlefield you know what i mean uh yeah <laughs> um but I, yeah. I yeah i really i liked a lot of that the, so i wanted to bring up the other line that sticks out to me the whole movie because i think it comes in right after that scene is uh when abby says to jamie you know whatever you uh think that your life is going to be just know that it is not it is not going to be or what, no she says whatever you think your life is going to be just know it isn't going to be anything like that i have it written down and yeah. um i think i said that to you once before and i think you may have took it as really defeatist and negative but it's more like when you're a kid and you're imagining oh i'm going to be this when i grow up or I, you have dreams you know and and you can't predict the chaos of life and what you're going to be dealt or the choices that you're going to make and the paths that it'll take you down. And, um, you know, don't 
like you're going to be disappointed at times. And by the end of the movie, I think everybody realizes that there's a light eventually. Like you come out of of that feeling of lost and purposelessness mm-hmm. and um a feeling lost and uh but yeah, like you know, the life is chaotic, but life is beautiful and you know to enjoy that um and uh I don't know. That's I. I really love that line because I think it's super accurate, and it's just like that. You're not going to remember this when you're older, and it's sad, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's very, it's a very true thing. But you know, it's uh, it's okay, and it's something that is, you know, it's part of the randomness and in, in the the in the journey of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the um the line that stuck out to me a little like that one is a hundred percent true and uh in a lot of things, but the one that I, I liked, I guess it I guess I li- I thought it was more fun with it was when Annette Betting was uh was saying that like um men just think they need to fix everything for women, but sometimes you just need to just sit there. Uh and I love that. I like cause that's so so much of this like the overbearing stuff of men and like every, every, everything has to be like, well, why can't it just be whatever? But it's just like, sometimes people just want to vent and be like, be themselves, let their emotions out and stuff. And it's like one um, of the very few overt lines about men in the movie. Um, I remember yeah. the first time I watched it with the title that I expected to be more of that kind of stuff. Um, it's kind of like one of the few examples, but then they just like the interactions with Jamie with other boys, his age after learning some of his shit. Um, but it's really, um, it's like learning that there's different people out there and there's different kinds of people that aren't going to think the way that you think. And you kind of just have to let them go. Um, sometimes like if you, if you try to fight them, then you're just going to get into more trouble than you're worth, than it's worth. And, um, cause there's the whole art, the art fads yeah, yeah. and the, uh, um, and like the punk, the, the, I don't know. It, it's something that I, feel a lot you know there's black flag is cool like black flag is a good band but like i like talking heads also um uh, but there are people that i think come from that opposite perspective like this is black flag's my favorite band and i don't like any of that softer uh artsy shit um and it's not just about hard and soft but it's like um some people have a predilection to artsy things and some people have a predilection to you know other kinds of things um, and, uh, there's like a divide sometimes with like, like relating with other people and it's okay. Like, it's not a big deal, but to them it's a big deal. Um, um, but yeah, what did you think about any of that? Um, I thought it was, I like, I initially started laughing cause I know you like the talking heads whenever they, he's talking to the kid and he's saying the, uh, uh, they're talking about the clitoris stimulation shit on the, on the uh, half pipe. Yeah. Uh, and the guy's like, of course you'd say something like that. You like the, uh, talking heads, something. Uh, and it's just, it's just funny. It reminded me of when we were kids. Cause like you were, you just defended, die hard defended who you loved as your thing. And it was almost like being on like a sports team or like, it's your, that's your, your thing. And anything that is not that is, is bad. It's your wrong. identity. And, it's part of your identity. Yeah, exactly. And anyone who says they don't like it, it's, it's that's there. You feel like it's an attack on a direct attack on your identity. Um, but yeah, it's just so it's 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 a it was a funny like a funny ish moment that had so much reality into it. 
just from being kids. It, this movie does so. Both of these but movies do that. But so there's well. a bigger theme with that. Like it's it's more than just that scene because then you have the scene with Annette Benning and Billy Crudup and they're listening to comparing Black the two, Flag. Yeah. yeah, comparing the two. And uh, like I always think about like or also um a Greta Gerwig's uh, description of punk and what punk is and it's like mm. people like like I have been friends with like passion over talent. Have, Yes, and I've been friends with people that are really into technical music and people that are really good at playing the instruments, and I lo- they just want to hear something be done technically. Um, even with rap, like you want to hear somebody with bars. Um, but punk, the punk ethos is like the raw energy and what it produces, and like the sometimes that is something that sounds ends up sounding really cool and magical, or just like a new, it just is like a new idea because. Um, they weren't sticking to the the standards, the rules of the genre of the genre as it was before, um, and I I resonated with that those ideas a lot um, towards the end of BB Guns and making music, um, because like that's what I was trying to get at. Like we were technical, we had technical skills, but like you need that other side of things. You need to be able to to channel the raw the raw passion and and and. Uh, like that's what I think produces some of the best art. Um, obviously, nothing wrong with people that are into technical things, but I think that the, that whole those couple scenes really describe um, what makes um, more raw art really, really special, like street art or you know stu- art made with either uh, less like uh, inferior tools or with inferior skill, um, and uh, yeah. This sums it up great for people that don't get art. The art on that so that side of art, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, it's it's a cool way to think about it, uh that way and everything. Is it's not it's somebody who's always liked punk music growing up, the I know I never looked at it as being that. I always looked at it as just being like, Oh, this is just a different kind of talent or it's just a wanting to do something different. Um but yeah, I love that explanation of just the that's the passion over talent. Well, and it goes, it transcends music, it's film, yeah, it's, it's whatever anything. art you want, it's paintings. That's why you know somebody, some modern art that's like some you know paint splashed on a canvas will sell more than for some ta- like Bob Ross style landscape. You know, mm-hmm. like that's like even though the Bob Ross landscape or even like Thomas Kincaid, whatever basic landscape artist you want to name. But that is technically better, right? But mm. there's something that of the the other piece, the modern art piece that evokes something in you. It moves you, um, and uh, and it it creates a value beyond the technical ability, um, uh, and uh, that's what makes raw art really cool. And I've always gravitated towards it, especially over the last you know tenish years of my life. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, that's one of the that's one of the big things I resonated in this movie. It was such a good explanation of uh, the kind of shit that I'm into. <laughs> um, and this movie's not raw either. And that's one thing I wanted to bring up is I think this movie is not raw at all. It's very polished mm-hmm. in the way it looks and the score and everything and like the the multimedia presentation. Um, as much as this movie's about punk, it's so interesting seeing it presented in such a polished um beautiful kind of way um mm-hmm. even versus come on come on come on come on is less polished like filmy looking you know what I'm, i don't know yeah. I, you know the reasons why and can articulate them but 
this looks more like a movie. Um, and that look, come on, come on, looks more like uh, real life or like real, yeah. like documentary, like real footage of people. Yeah, and that that just comes all down to like the shot choices and stuff. Like the 20th century women has so much dollying and sticks, and it's very steady. It's very I, I don't. I, I think it's the way the actual like the it looks like the the picture looks. I don't mean like I mean that goes hand around. in hand with that. I know, uh, I know, but I think it's the main thing. Like I get what you're saying. There's much more simpler. Yeah, yeah. There's much more simpler camera work in Come On, Come On, and that is part of it for sure. Um, but it's also but they both like, do like. I would I would be curious to see what Come On Come On and color look like just for the way they lit it because it's very similar in how they do their soft overhead lighting for those like more set room stuff. It's just a matter of the when you take out the color and then you mute it a little bit, it just creates more of a. Uh, it's higher production in twelfth twentieth century yeah. women. Um, <clears throat> for just whatever that ends up is like you know lens flares and I'm just looking yeah, at. The, I think the, I think Come On Come On looks better like cinematically. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not saying like overall, but, like th- what looks better than the other one. I mean, like one looks more produced and polished than the other, whereas the other one's cri- like crisp and simpler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we're like, I think Come On Come On is mostly on location too, which is a big difference um, versus like shooting on sound stages for the interiors. Um, yeah, but I, I specifically mean like the way the camera looks, not how mm-hmm. it's moving around. Um, like, I feel like. It's come on, come on. It's a lot flatter. Um, it mm. looks like I don't know if they're shot with the same thing. Um, they're probably yeah, they're both or the lenses or whatever. I feel like there's something uh, different. They're both about the way that they look, and I don't know enough to say why. I would say I want to say they're both on Ari Alexa, um, and then but the come on, come on. It looks like it's on newer, like sharper lenses. I think maybe um, that's what it is. It, it definitely like a, looks like a newer mo- sharper, like a like movie. Yeah, um, and the and also just you know four years later, different ways of processing footage, different raws. Different... There's like more gloss, uh, like kind of on like just mm. more gloss in the way it looks. It looks like a higher budget movie, even though it actually has a lower budget. Then come on, yeah, like that's what I mean. Yeah, it looks like there's much more, um, like it's just not nicer shit. Even though I guess it's not, um, but uh. But yeah. Um, so this movie's a little bit longer. Um, I remember, I remember thinking that, like, yeah, I could tell that this movie's going on. I really was. I'm really into it every time I watch it, so it doesn't bother me, um, even the first time. But I did notice that it's longer, and comparing it to Come On, Come On, it will feel longer. Um, mm-hmm. Did that bother you? Did the runtime bother you at all? I, I it uh, there were parts where it felt a little like slow again, but it's just one of those things where it's like. Now that I've seen the whole thing, it's kind of it's like come on, come on. Or now that I've seen the whole thing, I would probably enjoy the pacing a lot more on the second view. I think but that's I, what how well I probably watched it more. But the I didn't have it over. I didn't have an issue with the overall the, of, of it though. I I thought it was like a little like I had the same feeling as the other. One. There's just parts where I felt were a little slow, or maybe it's just me not caring it and as much in those parts. But overall, it's it's I think it's fine. I, that's so, not a deal breaker. What's the big difference? I think I mentioned it earlier, but there is a much loose, more loose plot. Like it's these characters living together and, and having all these conversations and learning about each other and life and whatever. But it's um, there's a much more direct plot in Come On, Come On, and this mm-hmm. it's like it's loose and they're just seeing different moments of these people living together until you know there's this big change that happens within them. 
Um, and I, I like that a lot. It's like one of the move. It's one of the movies that I'm sure I've seen other and liked other movies like this, but it's, um, it's one of the, the ones that I will always bring up first is the ones I like. I remember I got showed a mumblecore ish movie, um, like a long time. It was like a decade ago. It was called drinking buddies and it was with Jake Johnson and Anna Kendrick and, um, Olivia Wilde. And it was like a lot of talking and a lot of conversations. And I remember being like, this movie sucks. It's nothing. It's just people talking. And then I found out that it was part of this whole genre that is literally about movies about nothing and people talking. And like Seinfeld minus is the com like the, the physical comedy and <laughs> um, uh, just dry, <laughs> really dry dialogue. Um, yeah. And uh, I thought I'd never like a movie like that. And now I watch them and I and I've watched, I watch them all the time and I like them. And I'm interested if I go back. Because um, I even look on Letterboxd, Drinking Buddies has good review, good uh, reviews. You know, maybe it's just I've grown so much in like my attention span and what I'm willing to sit through and what I'm willing to watch and um, that maybe I'm just different. And it's not really, you know, that movie didn't suck. It's just I wasn't at the right point in my life to watch it. There's so many movies that like I already that like we've rewatched as for the podcast since seeing as a kid where it's just like I am not I was not uh, mature enough or emotionally enough there to really understand what I watched and why it's good or why I didn't like it and stuff. And then as in, uh, you know, now it's just uh, everything is so much more relatable. Everything is a lot easier to to grasp growing up does that to you, I guess. <laughs> Um, yeah, I've been still trying to figure out what, what camera this movie shot on, and it's not on shot on. What, yeah, it's just but... not a lot of information about these flicks. Um, yeah. I was just trying to look too. Um, but uh, honestly, is there anything else you particularly want to talk about this movie? Oh, oh, I there's one thing before I pass it to you. I, I uh, yeah. the Jimmy Carter speech that they play. Um, like two thirds of the way. It's like towards the end. I never oh, heard it. Oh man, before. it was so good. I never heard it before. And if you know the Jimmy Carter, the history, he's a president. He was a one-term president, and he was not popular because there was a lot of shit that happened. Uh, there was the um, the hostage situation in Iran, the gas crisis that were linked. Um, I think the economy was like slipping a little bit at the time, and uh, and obviously Cold War stuff. And uh, people, people wanted somebody tougher, and Reagan came after that. And, like, you, we all know Reagan. Um, and I always wondered, uh, as a Democrat, one-term Democrat, you know, did he get a fair shot, and was he really a bad president? Because when we were kids, obviously Dad thinks Jimmy Carter is a terrible president because uh, he's a Republican. But so back then I knew that, but, I, it, you know, now that I'm outside of that bubble and I never really heard anyone talk about him, um, I looked into that speech and I looked into his policies and he's a really interesting guy. And I think that is a really good speech. And it, uh, and now we know the history that that speech fell on deaf ears. Um, it was not long before his election reelection campaign and he lost. Um, but that, you know, the speech has stood the test of time, I guess. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't really uh, have much to say beyond that, but I thought it was, it was super impactful to me. And I think, you know, being in Trump world, it was like really longing for a president like that. 
when our current president at the time was like the the opposite, like not a soft spoken farmer, peanut farmer, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, but the, yeah, did you? What do you think of that? I just said I was gonna say that I was with uh, Annette Benning when she was like, I thought it was beautiful because it was. It was just it's something that I feel like people need to hear now. Of yes. just like the whole like uh, was the speech is called the something of confidence speech of confidence. crisis of confidence crisis of confidence yeah it's about people um, losing faith in the government like the American people mm-hmm. losing faith in the government yeah like, they're doing their best and like we're doing our best and like it it does like oh boo hoo I don't feel you know don't feel bad for the government but today uh, even then I don't know but you know yeah. there's a there's a more to the speech than just that sentiment and that really makes a lot of sense and we're still and the dealing that, with the shit he's talking about yeah and the way that in the movie the the snippet they picked almost made cuz for me at least it felt like it wasn't talking about the government but it was like talking to the individuals that we all need to just kind of like under, like deal with complacency deal with like how life is so it was almost like a like a speech the way that it was that excerpt was cut was like a speech being like, hey, we all we all are advanced enough as society and humanity that we're like, this is it. And I think we're all aware of it, but that doesn't mean that like life sucks or whatever. Like we just have to find new meaning in ourselves, like new purpose. Yeah, um, yeah. It was it's pretty it's like challenging the average American in a pretty uh a deep way that honestly I can understand why it did not um resonate with the american people because i like the has heavy kind of concepts i don't think they can deal with today let alone in 1979 um yeah, especially not the today, average but you I, know at large yeah but, but um yeah, but yeah 40 percent. but all um, right what are you giving well, sorry go ahead. real quick i had this is the only last thing and it's a small thing i wrote down because and you might think i'm insane for for saying this but for some reason and specifically in 20th century women, every time it went to that like spacey music with the narration, it's just like talking about these things that are happening. It just reminded me of Evangelion when everyone's absorbed into the LCL and it's just like one conscious mind because it feels like it's just like, all right, we're picking this person and we're just showing everybody all this background. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's definitely which a little I like, like uh, ethereal or like there's something otherworldly about it, especially in 20th century women. Um, mm-hmm. like the, the hearing the different characters talk about this moment in their lives in like this third, like this detached third person way. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I wasn't the first few times I watched it. I wasn't sure if it was like not cheesy, but like maybe a little over the overdone. Like it could have been subtler. And then obviously, in come on, come on, it is that sort of shit is subtler. Um, so I wanted, I did want to ask you about that. Like, did you think? I think you're more forgiving with that sort of stuff than I am. So maybe you didn't mm-hmm. think anything about it, but I did wonder, um, especially the first few times I watched it, if some of that stuff was a little on the nose or over the top or anything. Um, I know it, 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 it sets up uh, an interesting dynamic with the rest of the film when you have it. So I think that's why I'm okay. Like it doesn't, I don't think it's too on the nose or any, because there's these, like they're almost these little character exposition dumps, but they're done in a way that like, that feels natural at the same time because like of the many way little time skips too. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like the, it's like these little transition things between the two, like these, the, the, the time periods that we're in, in the film. And it's like through the year, like it's not like they're jumping around. They just jump around mm-hmm. weeks maybe. But, uh, um, but yeah, I, I do like it. I do like it, but I do. It is something that makes the movie a little bit longer. 
Um, and uh, I think it ad- I do think it adds in the end, but I did question. Yeah, I was saying it's at its best at the epilogue because it is that's where all the feels hit for me. Of just like all the like Abby get, has kids. Um, Annette well, does we, find another person, and yeah, well, we find, but uh, like, it's it's wild that we find out that she dies. A kid. Like we find about a, like the ending for some of the people. Yeah, like halfway through the movie, if we find out Annette Benning dies of lung cancer in, mm. in fear of Y2K in 1999, right before the ball <laughs> drops, um, and it's like really sad. And because I and I, uh, our, like I said, our mom just passed, so I think I just, it made me just think about that. And um, pretty much from that movie, or from the point where Abby is crying about, um, you know, your life isn't going to be what you think it's going to be, and you need to get out of this town, and blah blah blah. And then there's a scene with Annette Benning, and she's they talk about her dying and then, and then like, there's this uplifting ending where you find out that it kind of all works out for everybody for the most mm-hmm. part. Um, you know, Abby definitely, um, you know, she's able to have a kid she has a fan, you know, has a nice place and family and everything. Um, and honestly, um, coming out of a darker period of my life a few years ago, um, just dealing with a lot of things and transition and change. And now I'm in a different phase of life. I definitely think, and uh it's it's definitely a lot brighter and so it feels a lot more hopeful and uh i can really relate that's another thing about you know these characters are in different moments of their lives and they're all dealing with struggles but um you know there's life brings change and there will be a new day and there's always a chance to you know learn you're never too old to learn you're never too learn you're never too old to grow or to you know change anything about yourself or whatever um, and then that's one of the big, I think, themes of the film beyond the, the coming of age boy stuff and all the, you know, women stuff, the feminist stuff. Um, I think that's one of the, the things that stick with me the most about this movie. It's like, you, if I told somebody the title, they're going to think it's about a feminist movie. And I don't know how many scenes is there. We didn't talk about the menstruation scene, which is funny as fuck. Uh, that's one of the funniest scenes in the whole thing. There's a lot of, there's comedy in several moments. Mm. Um, um, but yeah, just, uh, it, 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 super impactful. Um, and I, I think now I'm away from it. I've seen it, seeing it again. My bias is a little, uh, gone away a little bit. Um, and, uh, so I'm interested to hear this, to give a score and, and whatnot. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's 20th century women. Mic drop. Mic drop. What are you giving it? Um, I'm honestly torn because like, I like, come on, come on more. But I think that this movie also deserves like a four and a half. But I think Come On, Come On is is objectively better. So I'm going to give it a four. Okay. So I originally gave it a four and a half. Like the long, it was on, it's on my letterbox now. It's a four and a half. Um, because I've seen it before. Um, but I do recognize, I think Come On, Come On is a better, is better. Um, I think it's better just because it, it's somehow sh- like louder and stronger and it being smaller smaller characters and more intimate story and the realism and the way it looks and everything. Um, whereas this feels more like a movie, like, I don't know. I think that come on, come on seems much more mature with the themes and ideas of this. So, it, uh, and I think, um, I think without my bias, I do think this movie's probably a four. Um, um, so I am fine with that. Um, but I think it's a really great movie and I think people should give it a shot. 
Um, even if those that think that they think they know what it's about, because they don't. And don't watch the trailer because the trailer makes it seem like a lot more like fast, upbeat rom com almost. A twenty four trailers are the worst because they make you think the movie is different than it is. Just yeah, straight I, up, uh... if it's A twenty four, don't watch the trailer because you're gonna get a movie sold to you, and to, it's like the trailer is meant to get you there. It's not meant to to get you to actually know what the movie's about. That's what I've come to realize with modern trailers, and it's particularly A twenty four. Yeah, they want you to get in the seat. They want the, you to buy the ticket. They don't care if you think that you if you understand the true vibe of the movie. Yeah, the trailer for this paints it as like a fun coming of age story, and it's uh, it's not. It, really, it is, but it's much it is, slower. Not, and, and not, also, yeah. There's more feelings. Like the music than they that. use feels like. Uh, you know, like a sisterhood of the traveling pants style music in the trailer, like the way it, it does it. Um, and it was like, Oh, this is completely different feel, but, uh, yeah. Um, that, that does remind me the soundtrack is, uh, the, like the real songs in it are also all dope. Um, but there's like four talking head songs in it. Um, black flags, dope. The raincoats I got put onto because of this movie also really good. Um, um, but yeah, yeah, check it out. Check it out. I think I'm gonna so for the podcast officially, probably gonna say a four. Um, but uh but yeah, I it's close. Yeah. All it's right. Very, it's it's so good in its own way. Just oh, come on, come on, I think it's just a little bit better. All right. So next week, um so we don't have anything planned right now, but it is gonna be Valentine's Day. Um, would we want to do anything romantic or do we want to see if any of the movies we wanted to see? Let me see if Red Rocket's streaming yet. We could watch that movie Valentine's Day. No. That all-star ensemble cast? You kidding me? But uh but yeah, what what are you thinking uh, over there? I don't I don't know. Um I'm trying to think of good like like so the one the honestly the the best romance ish trilogy the movies that I've always wanted to see is the uh before the sunset trilogy um what was it before sunset after sunset before midnight or something like that it's Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy and they like each of the movies is a decade apart the first one's in like two, I think the first one's in the 90s the second one's in 2000s and the third one's to 2013 Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like this relationship 10 years later or then 10 years later again, um, it's pretty cool. Um, but other than that, me and Riss, we're going to watch like some things. So we don't really have to do anything romance uh, really. Cause we're going to, me and Riss are going to watch some stuff. We're going to watch pride and prejudice and, uh, Bridget Jones. Um, oh. she's a, Riss is a big rom-commer. Yeah. But, um, the... But yeah, we might have to figure it out. Is uh, is Nightmare Alley on is on streaming yet? I think the last time I saw it, it was part of AMC's like artisan pictures. Still, it like... says it's on HBO Max. Let's see. Oh, oh. Yep. All right. Well, then that's what we'll do. Sick. Let's do Nightmare Alley and Pan's Labyrinth. Sick. Unless there's any uh, objections. <laughs> the whole way through no that's i mean that's the one to pick of guillermo's yeah i've never seen it yeah i want i think so too nightmare alley is two and a half hours yeah i saw the trailer for nightmare alley just because it was in theaters like i saw the trailer in theaters 
But uh, my buddy who watched it said that it is not, once again, not like what the trailers is. It's a slow burn. Uh, yeah, I figured it's going to be more like a Shape of Water uh, pace. Um, two and a half hours, though. We've been blessed with a lot of two hour or less. Under. Yeah, this, this is, is true. This is true. I've got some decent reviews, so I'm excited. But uh, but all right. Uh, any anything else? Anything out there? Oh, I thought I did make a Twitter and an Instagram. I don't know how much I'm gonna use the Instagram, um, but it is Best Boys Film Pod. Um, I will make sure that I post the new episodes and the the next like the things that we're gonna be doing and what we're what we're up to on there as well as the Facebook. Um, so yeah, if you want to follow us on there and, uh, yeah, make sure that you do, uh, follow, subscribe, like, uh, comment, review, do all those things. Cause it really helps us out a lot. It really gets uh podcasts out there. That's how the algorithm works. Each like kind of increases your percentage, uh, chance of being seen by more people. So, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, so interact and uh, if you're liking it and we appreciate you and, uh, yeah, Corey, you got anything you want to say? No, just. Tell a friend. Tell a neighbor. Tell a friend. Boy, tell best a, boys will be back again. You call two people and they call two people and you see where it goes. All right. All right. I'm getting off of here. Y'all have a good uh, week and we'll see you next time. See you later. Go Bengals. <laughs>